Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So I know this topic probably is going to seem a little bit maybe strange or, or off topic, but at the same time, I also know it's something that a lot of people out there are, are dealing with and struggling with. And so I wanted to give you some of my own insight having grown up in this, and that's something I kind of want to make clear from the beginning of this. You know, this is something I've experienced very directly. And so I'm not someone sitting in an ivory tower casting stones at people. This is coming from my own experience. And I want to share some of the thinking, the changes in thinking that I had to make in order to get myself out of this. And in that way, I I really do sort of believe that ultimately for most people in most situations, that poverty is ultimately a choice. Now, we could talk about different countries and, and you know socioeconomic conditions and so forth, but I am primarily thinking in context of, of the United States um, and or, or similar sort of countries of, of that economic uh, level. And I would say most people, anybody li- living in one of those countries, that again, poverty is ultimately a choice. And again, like I said, that comes from my own sort of experience, having grown up. Those of you who have listened to the podcast for any amount of time probably have heard this story before, but you know, my dad was in a, me, my little brother, my dad were in a pretty bad car wreck when I was eight, so 1989, almost 30 years ago. And you know, my dad severed, severed part of his spinal cord. He's what they now call a high-functioning quadriplegic, so he sort of paralyzed uh, everywhere from the neck down, but yeah, he's it's high functioning and he can actually still move for a time. He could walk, uh, and but you know, of course, he was limited after that to what he could do. He had ran a plumbing plumbing business before that. You know, he had to go through uh, about a year and a half worth of rehab to relearn how to walk and write and eat and do all these sort of basic movements that we take for granted. And in that time, lost his business had a bunch of medical debt afterwards, had a bunch of debt from the business uh, afterwards and really put, you know, our family in a bad spot. And I basically grew up, you know, in a household that was very, very, very poor. So I know what it's like to to not have money. I know what it's like to to live in that situation to not have birthday or Christmas presents to not to go days at a time without eating. I know what all of that is like. And I also know that for the most part, for my my parents, it was it became a choice. They were a sort of normal middle class family before that, and I am I have no doubt that had they had the right mindset about it, they could have been that again. But when my dad sort of started to figure out all the state assistance stuff and and that sort of thing. He made the choice, and my parents made the choice. They both sort of did it collectively that they they didn't want to cross over that threshold of losing their state assistance, and so they were going to make just enough money to not lose that, where they could keep it, but they would make as much as they could before they, they would do that. And they've quite literally spent the last thirty years doing that, and never sort of any thought of well, let's take the hit for a little bit and then let's move beyond that and and get back to where we were and 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 that sort of thing. So I've seen it and experienced it firsthand. Now I know that that's just my sort of own, 
own anecdotal experience, but I know several other people in either similar or even different situations where, you know, that, that sort of thinking has been the thing that has kept them where they're at more so than necessarily they weren't able to do this or they couldn't do that. And so again, I think ultimately it it is a sort of choice. And I think there's two, for me and me sort of trying to crawl out of this as a kid growing up in that environment, seeing all of this happening, sort of learning these, these bad habits and, and, reacting to that situation in certain ways that uh, were not helpful and having a certain sort of relationship to money. Trying to pull myself out of that, it it's more than just you know, getting a good job. Because if you have a bad relationship with money or a bad approach to how you go about doing things, you can get lucky, you could win a lottery. But I mean, I think the is pretty common knowledge at this point. Most lot lottery winners blow all their money within something like two to three years. So if you have a bad relationship with money, if you don't have a good approach to this whole thing, you you can get lucky. You could get a good job, but you're never actually going to be wealthy because you you just don't understand how to manage it, or you just have bad habits that are in place that that will keep you sort of keep bringing you back to. Uh, a spot that that's not good for you. So again, I want to talk about some of the the mental shifts that I've had to make. The the very first one, the most important one, deals directly with what I just talked about, and that is this: it's overcoming fear. The biggest fear that my parents had, and it I get it. There's perverse incentives within the system. I I, I sort of get that part of it, but the biggest fear that they had was. If they made up to just short of the line of losing their state assistance, they were sort of double dipping. They got as much income as they could out of themselves, and then they would get the assistance uh, assistance on top of that. And so they were getting both of those. If they went just a little bit above, and there were times when this did happen, if they went just a little bit above, they would lose all that state assistance, and now they would actually be total even though they they individually made more total they would be a lot less than what they were before and that can put you in sort of a real bind and so it becomes this real perverse incentive to not go beyond that line and that that could be a whole different sort of uh political debate but i witnessed that firsthand i've sat in the living room as my parents had conversations about how are we going to get around this or how are we going to do this or how are we going to having these conversations about that very that exact thing so again there's a ton of fear around that and it's an understandable sort of fear but i think long term ultimately and and i have kids now so i i know it's e- for easy for you to say it's easy for me to say well you don't you know they had kids they had to think about and this that i have kids too i 100% get it but at some point you have to you have to start to think beyond just what's right in front of you you have to start to make a deeper commitment to yourself to your family to your kids and i can tell you as the kid growing up in that situation i would have much rather my parents bit the bullet once fought through it and then continued to grow from there than what actually ended up happening 
which was for years we bounced around that line and one month we'd be over and we'd lose everything and it was completely devastating and we'd go days there'd be days in those months days at a time in those months where I wouldn't have anything to eat, literally nothing to eat, couldn't get anything from the school because we no longer uh, we no longer uh, qualified for assistance from the school. So couldn't eat school lunches because we couldn't get assistance, but we also couldn't afford to pay for them. I mean, being, and this happened over and over and over and over again. I, as the kid, would have much rather that my parents went through it once got through it, and then we continue to grow from, from there. So at some point, you have, to, you have to just address this fear head on. You have to tackle it sort of head on, whatever it is, the, this fear of, of losing out or of missing out or whatever fear is holding you back, you have to attack that, that head on because if you let that control you, that's going to be the thing that's going to sort of keep you uh, locked in where you're at. Another thing that I've noticed very, very heavily, again, sort of among my parents, among people I know who who maybe don't live in, maybe a little more poor, I guess is the, the way to put it, is this, I would call this waiting for Godot syndrome. And I've, I've sort of talked about uh, this in the past in emails and so forth, but it's this idea. A lot of them, the 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 way that it sort of gets manifested is through the lottery. <laughs> is uh, one day we'll win the lottery. One day we'll, you know, this will happen. You know, it's, it, it's sort of this mentality of waiting for something to happen to you. And what I can tell you from my own personal experience, so take it for what it's worth, nothing's ever going to happen to you. Even when you, uh, and if it does happen to you, it's going to be short-lived and fleeting. The only thing that's going to be uh, long-lasting and permanent in your life is something that you make happen because you understand how you made it happen. You understand how you got there. You, You know exactly what to do to continue to keep yourself there and then to grow and move beyond. That's a lot more difficult process than going to the, the, the gas station and playing the lottery. It, it's, a, it's a much more difficult, involved process, but it's also a much more permanent, much more valuable, and, and really one that's going to make you feel a lot better about yourself. And so I guess ultimately the thing I would say is quit waiting for Godot. Quit waiting for someone to come in and save your life. The only person that's going to do that is you. That's one of the reasons why you know, there's a big hubbub right now going on about uh, Trump and some stuff he said about some countries and, and whatever. And I just, you know, I, I was listening to, it was actually a political podcast probably about a year ago now. And the guy was telling this story that really sort of stuck with me and has been my my kind of approach to politics ever since then. But basically the story was he you know they were they were in Iraq and they were sitting uh they were sitting in the lunchroom and they were watching the TV and they were all sort of complaining about politics or or whatever and there was this other guy in the room who they had had been attached to them and he was like this super sort of special forces ranger you know really gung ho really elite sort of soldier and he really didn't talk to him much and they were trying to sort of integrate him into their the unit a little bit and so they asked him what he thought about it and he kind of grumbled and was like you don't want to know what I think or whatever and 
They're like, no, 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 come on, tell us what you think. He's like, you know what I want to, you know, you want to know what I think? And he sort of went off on this rant about none of that stuff matters. Because at the end of the day, whatever they do, whatever they decide, whatever they say doesn't affect me because I'm going to do what I want to do regardless of what they do. You know, I'm like, and he, I think he used the line, uh, I'm going to win no matter what, or, or winners, uh, get what they want, no matter what, something along those lines. Now it can seem sort of arrogant and kind of sort of pig headed, but he actually has a point that regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's happening, regardless of all of this stuff, that if you really truly are committed to what you getting what you want out of life to 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 focusing on what matters to you taking care of the people that are around you it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing it doesn't matter what the tax rate happens to be at that particular point or what these or those regulations are those are all worthy conversations to have but if you are letting that stuff stop you from getting what you want out of life, you're never going to get what you want out of life. That's the easiest excuse to make in the world. And so, again, I just want to I want to try and give you this 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 sort of mindset and motivation that whatever it is that you want, you have to go out and take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody's coming to save you. And there's there's at the end of the day, all of the excuses, no, how, no matter how good sounding or rational they might seem, they mean nothing because you either will get the results you want or you won't. And that's ultimately all that matters. And so ultimately, this is what I mean by poverty is a choice. We choose to stay where we're at, where we're at or not. And I want you to choose to not stay where you're at if you're in a position that you don't want to be in right now. You have the power. You have the capability. You are smart enough. You know, if you're semi-intelligent and like halfway willing to work hard, you can get pretty damn far. So that's all you need. It doesn't take, you don't, one of the things a lot of people, another way people think about this is, I just need to catch a break. You don't need to catch a break. I can tell you, I've, I feel as if I have never caught a single break in my life. I've had to scratch and claw and fight for every single thing that I've got in life. Yet, I've been able to get pretty damn far. So you don't need to catch a break. You don't need someone to come in and save you. You can do it yourself. You just have to decide and commit to it. You have to decide to face the fear. You have to stop waiting for someone to come in. Uh, and save you and just go for it. And no matter what happens, no matter what's going on around you, you know, it doesn't matter. There's no excuse. Just keep pushing forward. Keep driving. Now that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you have to tackle it all in one shot, right? You don't have to, okay, how am I going to get to the point of making $10,000 a month in the next month? Start small. You know, I did a podcast yesterday, how to make an extra thousand dollars a month. Start with an extra thousand dollars a month. And like I said yesterday, oftentimes when you figure out how to make an extra thousand dollars a month, it'll become obvious how to turn that into two, three, four and beyond. So focus on that. Focus on starting small, figure that out and then figure out how you can grow from there. But at the end of the day, it's on you. 
and remaining where you are at is ultimately a choice. I know a lot of people are probably get angry with with me saying that or hearing that because of the way things the world seems to work these days. But it ultimately is true. There's so much opportunity. There's so much that you can do. You can start a business uh, in the world today for less than 20 bucks a month just by built putting up a website. So it, there's just too much opportunity, too much available out there for anyone to sit around uh, thinking that they can't go out and just get everything that they, they want out of life, or at least a good portion of everything that they want out of life, or a hell of a lot better than where they happen to be right now. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of uh, insight and motivation. I know it's a little bit off topic, but I wanted to sort of get that off my chest today. I just, I've been seeing a lot of people kind of going crazy lately, and I guess I'm getting old, so I wanted to tell you to keep off my grass. Damn it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Of course, as always, I want to encourage you to support the show by heading over to store.johnmorrisonline.com, getting all your coding training over there. Sort of as I mentioned yesterday, you know, if you want to make that extra $1,000 per month, a really great way to do that is freelancing. And of course, in order to be able to freelance and deliver on projects and so forth, you're going to need the coding skills to get there. So Maybe those courses will give you an assist in that direction. There's also the Udemy and Skillshare links and all that are over there as well. And then you can use the coupon code JMO at checkout for 20% off anything in the store over there. If you like this episode, I'd appreciate if you'd share it with someone who could stand to hear it. All the links for subscribing, Android, iTunes, TuneIn, all that, plus all the past episodes are over at johnmorrisshow.com. And... If you will leave me an honest review of the show over on iTunes, I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free. Again, the link, johnmorrisshow.com. Click on the start here link for all the instructions on that. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.